know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? This is Joseph Jamin Joe of the Band for All Seasons Podcast. And on this week's episode, we're talking some college football, some NBA, and a little college hoops as well. So we've got a variety of sports to talk on this week's show. As I told you guys on Thursday during our last pod that we that we would be doing a special Sunday recording, and it is that day. And so so with me across the way this week is the man, the myth, the legend. Happy birthday, my dad. Dad, happy birthday. Joe, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming home this weekend and celebrating with me. It really added to the, the celebration, having you with us. So this is great. It, it really it really doesn't get much better than getting to celebrate with you all weekend long. And Dad, before we get into the sports conversation, though, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. So, Dad, we're going to try connecting with a guest of the week via the Fan for All Seasons fan line, but if for some reason it's just going to be you and me, you cool with that? That's fine, Joe. All right. We'll be connecting with him hopefully here in one second. So, Dad, unfortunately, due to technological reasons, we were not able to connect with our guest of the week, guest of the week this week via the Fan for All Seasons fan line. The Gremlins were at it again. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but uh, but yeah. So it's just gonna be you and me on this week's show. Like I said, I'm home celebrating your birthday. Hope your birthday's been good. Hey, Joe, it's been a really great uh, weekend having you here. Um, yesterday, you and I went to the Georgia Vandy basketball basketball game. It didn't end the way we wanted it to, but it sure was a good time being back in the steg with you, and we have a lot of memories there, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And Dad, I think that's a really good place to start. Why don't we talk some Georgia Bulldog basketball as we discuss, or as you just said, Georgia lost a tough one yesterday, 85 to 82, and just kind of give me your overall thoughts of Georgia's performance against Vandy. Well, Joe, it it was tough because Vandy was shooting the three ball very, very well, much better than Georgia was for most of the game, and it, it was discouraging in, in some ways that they would play good defense and then end up Vandy getting a shot, that, and, and they were hitting them. Boy, they were hitting them, but Georgia crawled back and made it a very competitive game, and I, I liked what I saw about the grit of the team. They don't give up. They they play hard, um, and to be honest with you, I thought we got we saw more more from Vandy than we thought we were going to see. They were they really played pretty well. So, uh, what did you think? So, so my thoughts about Georgia and Vandy were like you. I did not expect Vandy to shoot the lights out at Seven Coliseum, but you got to give them credit. They did, especially that one guard number ten, Studi. He he really really shot the ball well for Vandy. I was really impressed with what we saw from Cario Aquindo. I mean, you could argue Aquindo's kind of kind of the heart and soul of this Georgia team. 
he and Braylon Bridges, two of the main guys that are back, he made a couple big plays, especially getting out in transition. He had a couple really nice dunks, and then he also had that really nice alley-oop late in the game to Matthew Alexander Moncrief, who played a nice game as well. What were your thoughts on what you saw out of Matthew Alexander Moncrief? Uh, he's, a, he's a nice player. He really is. I, I was impressed. You know, I, I saw a lot good, and, and unfortunately also we, we had a technical foul towards the end of the second, midway through the second half that gave Mandy two points that ended up being two very important points at the end of the day. So I, there was a lot good, uh, but you know, in the Southeastern Conference, every game's a war. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't, weren't able to win that one yesterday. Definitely, definitely. But I will say, like like you, I thought the atmosphere inside Stegman was phenomenal. One o'clock, Georgia's first Saturday home game of the year. Big time atmosphere at the Stegman. You gotta give the Georgia people credit for coming out and rooting on these dogs and Mike White. Because you can see the vision and the process of what Mike White is starting to build at the university. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, fun to watch and see how this develops. But there was a good atmosphere there was a good crowd and, uh, you know, a couple of breaks go the other way and we could have been walk- talking about a big SEC victory. So this is the first time we've seen Georgia really face adversity in the SEC this season. Losing back-to-back games to Kentucky and Vandy. Now Georgia has to regroup and they play at Tennessee on Wednesday and they're home for South Carolina next Saturday. What What are your thoughts on these next couple games for the Dawn? Well, this is where the leadership on the team is going to come to the surface. We're going to, you know, see their character. I mean, certainly going up to Knoxville and playing Tennessee midweek is going to be a tough assignment. They're going to really have to be dialed in, but I, I think they can give the Vols a, a good game. And then uh, next Saturday, you got to feel pretty good about their chances at home with a Gamecock team, which it hasn't really been setting the world on fire. Um, but also, you think about that weird winning streak that South Carolina has over Georgia. I mean, the last the last time Georgia beat South Carolina in basketball, that's crazy that shouldn't be that, that, that shouldn't be that, that shouldn't way. happen no it shouldn't it just so, should. so th- these guys are gonna have to uh look themselves in the mirror and uh, and step it up this week and i i think you know, you know there's a lot to feel good about they just started so cold on three-point shots yesterday and they boy shoot a lot of three-point shots uh you know if they can shoot better from distance i think they can play with anybody completely agree completely agree I, there's a couple more things i want to talk with you about as far as georgia basketball and one of those things i want to talk about as far as a guy who did have a great day for uga was jabri abdurrahim give me your thoughts on jabri well joe he is a terrific three-point shooter uh he really Looks like he's a very confident shooter. Has a nice stroke from, especially from distance. And uh, you know, there were times I just thought that the Georgia should have been looking get him more shots because he seemed to be the the one who was able to connect yesterday. But uh, I was very impressed with him. He's he's he really has a nice stroke. He seems to be a nice all round player, and uh, he really stood out yesterday. What did you think? Totally agree. I I've been saying it since he's been here. Jabri Abdurrahim has a chance to be a star on this team, uh, especially especially his ability to shoot the ball, whether it be from three or mid range. He, he's he's got a nice jump shot either way. And I look to him as being one of Georgia's gutsy guys as far as hitting shots from the perimeter and making it hard for teams to to stop or to, to really try and limit Georgia's offense. Because when Georgia's rolling, when you have a Quindo and when you have Terry Roberts going to the cup, that leaves guys like Jabri open in the corner or on the wing that can really space the floor and hit shots. I completely agree. Joe, what were your thoughts about the post play? Oh, I thought Braylon Bridges had a tough day. 
today. And I mentioned on last week's pod, Vanderbilt had, you know, this seven-foot kid who led him in points, averaging 14.3 points per game. He was their leading rebounder, I think, with like 8.9 rebounds. So so Vanderbilt was missing their big-time post presence, and I really thought that Bridges and Anselm would have a really big day. And again, you got to give Vandy credit. Vandy made adjustments to our post player. They, they did a really good job of slapping the ball, particularly out of Bridges' hand. I felt like Bridges could never really get going. And when we've seen Georgia at their best, it all starts with Brandon Bridges down low on the block. Because when he has his hook shot rolling, he's a tough he's a tough guy to stop. And then Frank Anselm too. Frank Anselm's big strength is blocking shots, rebounding, getting stick backs and dunks. I thought, I thought both post players had a really tough day for the, for the dogs overall. I, now, I will say, I, I love what we've gotten out of Frank and, and Braylon. I think of any of the kids that decided to come back, I'm the most happiest for Braylon. Braylon's finally getting a chance to play in, a, in, a, in an offense that I think utilizes his skill set. And he's got some help now because he's got big Frank behind him who can, you know, rebound and block shots and do things like that. And I, I think Georgia's post play is going to continue to evolve and get better as the year goes. I completely agree. Completely agree. I, I do want to ask about one more Bulldog in particular. That's Terry Roberts. You know, Terry Roberts had, had a really nice game in the Kentucky loss. He had 21 points and then played solid against Ole Miss and then, you know, lit Auburn up. He was our leading scorer in the Auburn game. And then had a tough day yesterday. So- he did, Joe. He uh, And unfortunately, he showed on the way he carried himself and, you know, just his facial expressions when it wasn't going his way. He let it show. And I, I really don't think that helps Georgia. And I think it encourages the opponent when they see that he is obviously frustrated. And uh, that there was even an op- one op- one time he was sort of tricky dribbling out in front and got the ball stolen from him. And, and they ended up getting a dunk out of it. And I, uh, I, I think there's a lot of talent there and we saw him do some amazing things that, that one big drive to the basket at the end with, yeah and then he had that three-point shot that they'd already called timeout before he shot it was a terrific shot I he's obviously very talented and when he's going good I think he'll he'll bring people with him you know he'll carry the team but wish he didn't show his emotion as on it you know make it so obvious right Right, I feel you, and and so like like we kind of talked about a second ago. I feel like where Georgia goes from here, you know, they're at Tennessee at Thompson Bowling Arena, which is not an easy place to play. I mean, you've been there more recently than I have. What what is Thompson Bowling Arena like? Oh, uh, it's it's a tough home, tough place to be the visitor. It's a good place to be the home team. Uh, Tennessee does a real nice job. They have a, a very talented team, and uh, between the crowd and the you know the the team that they put out there. They're you know it's a tough assignment. Georgia will definitely have to have their A game. I believe it's a nine o'clock start, which oh. uh, you know I don't know maybe that's a little late for the Tennessee people. I don't know, but I'm, I expect it to be a pretty loud crowd. It'll be a tough tough place to play. So I think that's what they got in front of them. So. And then, like, and then, like we said, to piggyback off that, Georgia comes home for South Carolina next Saturday. We kind of talked a little bit about South Carolina. They're not having a great year under first-year head coach Lamont Parrott. And this is a rebuilding Gamecock team and a team that Georgia, if they play well, should take it. They should. They just need to go out there with fire and not think that they've already won the game when they show up. They got to go out there and really lay it on the court. But if they do, I, I think good things can happen. I think so. I think so. So, Dad, that's going to wrap it up for our Georgia Bulldogs on basketball part of the show and so we're going to keep the basketball talk going we're going we're to talk a little Atlanta Hawks dad so our Hawks have won or I should say until Friday night had a five game
game winning streak. Then last night, Saturday, 121-23, lose an absolute gut punch of a game to the Charlotte Hornets. Thoughts on the Hawks? Joe, while they've been playing really well, they've been shooting extremely well. Um, you know, you don't want to beat them up too bad for that loss to Charlotte, but it really looks like a game you feel like you're going to win. Uh, you should win. And uh, they they had control of the game for a bit, you know, the beginning into the uh, late in the third quarter, they had the game under control, but um, they weren't able to close it on out. But you tip your cap to Charlotte. They're professional players and they kept back. Battling, but we were seeing some improved performances. I'll tell you, our rookie Griffin is, uh, I think, is really, really has the chance to be a, a very good player. You know, when the other guys that are supposed to be producing produce and, and Trey Young has, has been playing better. Well, it comes down to shooting. When you make shots, it just seems like you're playing better. Right. But uh, the Hawks have been shooting the ball very well. What what do you see from the big men, Joe? What, what stands out to me about our post players, and I mentioned this on Thursday's pod, I was at the Heat game this past Monday for MLK Day, and seeing Clint Capella back doing what he does, which is, which is pick, up, pick up loose balls, absolutely clean the glass, do a great job boxing out, getting stick backs, getting dunks. That's really where Clint Capella thrived. And there, there was a point in the Charlotte game on Saturday night when Capella had that tip in that was very critical late in the game and he and he got it. And well, this gives me a chance to wax poetically about John Collins. And John Collins has really found something. His jump shot, like I've said in previous pods here over the past week, has really, really improved his three-point shot especially. I mean, I even noticed it at the Heat game this past Monday. But you can see it in the Nick game Friday and in the Charlotte game Saturday. John Collins really shooting the ball well. And I know he I know he's always involved with trade rumors and stuff, which is ridiculous. And you hear people say, oh the Hawks are shopping Collins. And I'm like, if you do that, that doesn't make you a better team. You know what I mean? Well, who fills the shoes there? But let me ask you this. Um, one of the crucial plays of the game was down at the end. The Hawks are trying to inbound the ball. They have Trey Young trying to inbound it, who's six foot one, and uh, Plumley, who's close to seven foot, making it difficult for him to inbound. Um, what, what do you what do you think of that? Having I, a small guy trying to inbound against a very large guy. Yeah, that is the stupidest thing. I, I do not understand why Nate McMillan wanted Trey Young to inbound the ball. It, I mean, it's just basic. Like, like, like one of the basic things in basketball is you're supposed to be able to inbound the ball. Why is your six foot one point guard doing it? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's never made sense to me. And Nate McMillan, if you ever listen to this podcast or anybody at the Hawks, any of the wrestler family, we're, we're not having Trey Young inbound the ball. I'm sorry, we're just not. Let, let Trey Young run off the screen. Let him be a part of the stack and have him pop out. I'm not having my six foot one point guard doing that. It just doesn't make sense. And it's a, it, it's a recipe for disaster. I'm afraid that uh, the media is going to really give McMillan a hard time about that, but he deserves it. I mean, when you can't inbound the ball with less than two seconds to go. and That's a problem. You, you know, a three-point sh- shot, you got to at least get a shot off, and uh, they couldn't inbound the ball, so that was unfortunate. It really but, was. But the Hawks in general have been playing very well. They've been shooting very well, but but that, that left a bad taste in my mouth. And one of those guys in particular that's been shooting the ball really well has been DeJounte Murray. Give me your thoughts on DeJounte. Well, Joe, I, I like it. I really like his game. I'm very impressed with his defensive moxie. I mean, if he's guarding you, you're. it's just no fun. It can't be fun to have the ball and have him in front of you 
almost regardless of your position because uh, you know he's got good size for a guard but he has those long arms it's like he can guard anybody I think his wingspan down is like 6'8 and I don't I don't know if you saw in the Dallas game the other night but wait in the game DeJounte was on Luka uh, he, he's a heck of a player and very very talented and I uh, really enjoy watching him play especially on defense you know they haven't had as many games with everybody healthy but uh, I, I kind of am curious to see what this team is with, with all the pieces firing and you know, everybody healthy all hands on deck so uh, how do you see the Hawks rolling into the next you know, a couple weeks. Well, I think this is a big stretch of games for the Hawks because, let's see, tomorrow night they're at Chicago to play the Bulls, and then they play the Thunder. I believe that's on Wednesday. And then they have the Clippers at home next Saturday night. They'll be wearing the City Edition at Atlanta peach uniform and I don't know how many of you know this but I'm a big fan of the uni and I think it's a really good look and so this is a really good chance for the Hawks to really get rolling I mean the bull the Bulls have kind of had a not a great year the Thunder you know they they beat us in Atlanta a few weeks ago or or not a few weeks ago but earlier in December Jay Gilgis Alexander just went off and then you know the Clippers are the Clippers and we beat the Clippers in LA and I I think this is a really good chance for the Hawks to bounce back really get that bad taste of Charlotte out and it starts with the Bulls on Monday sounds good sounds good I'm I'm eager to see him uh get going because uh, we got to find out what this team can do when when it's healthy. I think it can be a pretty good team. I think you? so too. I, I do have a couple more hot questions, Dad, and then we may jump to one or two things about Georgia football, and then we'll wrap the show up. My last couple of things about the Hawks. When it gets to the trade deadline, what what do you want the Hawks to do? Do you want them to make a move? Do you want them to stay back? What what do you want? No, I don't. The way the team is constructed right now, I always think of the trade deadline as making a move to just you know you're close and it it puts you over the top i don't know which position you know if they're injured then they're obvious holes but when they're all healthy i don't know which position you know you're really trying to to bolster i like john collins when he's healthy Uh, i I like all of them when they're healthy but the the big thing is when they when they're healthy i mean the the, the flip side of that is the nba season is a long season so everybody's going to have injuries how do you evaluate the team i i don't know where where they would go what what would they be trying to improve how, how do you see it well what I what I've heard from just radio and articles in general I've heard different people say that the Hawks could use another big guy to compliment Pella to kind of come off the bench and just kind of be that guy as far as getting rebounds and stuff because when Capella's on the bench I guess I mean I'm not trying to take a shot at a Kongwu but you know I know I think there are some people out there that think a Kongwu isn't as physical enough as he should be I know I, I like what you've got out of a Kongwu, but you could also say, you know, the same thing about Jalen Johnson. I think Jalen Johnson, in the minutes he's gotten, he's been solid. I really think, honestly, at the end of the day, this thing with the Hawks is about health. If they're healthy, they can play with anybody in the NBA. I mean, whether it be Milwaukee, Golden State, anybody. They can play with anybody. But you could also say the same thing about their whole league. If you're not 100%, yeah, it's, it, it's, and you and you got like Aaron Holiday or, you know, somebody like that coming off the bench and trying to play significant minutes, it's difficult. It is. It's a very competitive league. And I like the Hawks when they're healthy and when they're not, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's tough. really tough. I do have one last Hawks question for you, and it's about Nate McMillan. Well, what do you what do you think is ultimately going to happen? Is, is Nate a dead man walking? Do you see Nate coming back? What do you, what do you say? Well, you know, what's funny, what we said a few minutes ago, when they're shooting really well, it just, 
it seems like every, it covers up everything. Uh, you know, all, everything looks uh, rosy, but when uh, they're not shooting well, that's when it seems to uh, make things worse. And the, the tension, there's obvious tension between him and Trey Young. And no doubt. If it comes down to the two of them, Trey Young's going to win just based on the, on the contracts. You know, if you have a player like Trey Young and he doesn't get along with the coach, the coach is going to go. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I really was surprised. It seemed like he was stubborn last night. This whole idea of Trey Young inbounding the ball, that just seemed like a poor decision. And he had the opportunity. They took a time to out because they couldn't inbound it. They could have adjusted. To adjust. Maybe. I don't understand that. It's like, Nate, make the necessary adjustment. I mean, you, you could have anybody else do it, but instead you stick with Trey. Because so darn stubborn. Really, whoever you threw the ball into was going to have to take the shot the other night I just assumed Trey Young be one of the people that takes the shots but if he's inbounding the ball he's not going to be shooting that, it and that, that just doesn't make any it, sense I agree with you it, it makes makes no sense makes no sense okay two quick Georgia football things and then we'll wrap up dad first thing give me your overall thoughts Georgia's won back-to-back national titles in in football Did, could you have ever in your wildest dreams seen this coming no 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 Joe I still have a hard time believing that it happened I've sort of got my arms around what happened last year but this year no it, it's still setting settling uh into my brain i have watched the end of the ohio state game numerous times and uh, i really think we have to tip our cap to our defense once you know at the very end there when ohio state got down what looked like they were in field goal range we actually pushed them back a few yards and their field goal kicker was right at the limit of his distance uh, and you know if i was an ohio state fan i'd question their play calling a little bit at the end but that's a their problem. I thought our defense really played well and I, I'm starting to come around to the idea that with the depth that they build, got a chance to be a very competitive team for a while. Now how about you? How does it look looking back on a two-peat? Well, I mean like you said, it, it's, ju- it's just it's on. It's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. I, I had good friend of the show, David Glassman, on this past Thursday and he was talking about his experience and because he was in Indianapolis for, for the first national championship and he said, you know, Joe, we may have to make this a yearly tradition where I call in and re- relive national championship tales. And it just, it's truly just mind-boggling that they've done, that they did it again. And just the sure fact of just how everybody gelled offensively. And then all we heard about all summer and all offseason was the defense, the defense. They lost all those guys. But, I mean, what George has done defensively, reloading like that. It, it, it's unbelievable. Like, just, just think about Georgia's defensive line. Everybody was like, what are they going to do without Jordan Davis? Bam. In comes in Bear Alexander. And his future is really, really bright. Jalen Carter put on an absolute show in the TCU game. I know we had a tough day against Ohio State, but, but I felt like even just his presence later on in the game against Ohio State gave Stroud fits and... I mean, you, you got to give Jalen Carter credit. So I think so I think the sky is the limit for Georgia football. I, like you, still can't believe we won back-to-back national championships. It's just crazy. And I want this offseason to go by as slow as it can go. <laughs> just enjoy the heck out of everything. 
with the national team. I do have one last Georgia football topic for you, Dad. And I asked I asked a good friend of the show, David Glassman, about this as well. There was the news last week about A.D. Mitchell going into the transfer. Thoughts on A.D. leaving? Well, not, I'll miss him. He was a big playmaker for Georgia. I mean, the year before Burton left, he was a big playmaker. The, the thing you're going to find, Joe, as one of the things that's evolved with Kirby as the coach is definitely have a national footprint for recruiting. We have a base in Georgia, and you know our state produces a lot of terrific high school players. But we've, you know, Ad Mitchell is from Texas. Burton was from California. Those people don't have the same connection and tie to the state that uh, the kids that grow up here do. Mitchell ended up committing to the University of Texas. A kid who's from Texas, I, I wish he was still here, but he's not. And I, you know, if he's going back to Texas, good for him. And I hope he has a, you know, a, a good rest of his college career. He's a, um, Burton, um, you know, he just went from Georgia to Alabama. I, he was chasing playing time, I guess. I don't know. But I thought Burton was going to, if he had come back, would have been one of the, the lead dogs in the wide receiver room. So I think we're going to see more of that. You know, other schools see it too. Uh, people are going to, especially when they're not from your state, they're going to come and go and you can't get your feelings hurt. But I think that's just a reality. Agree, agree. I I think, I think it's just the new world of college football we live in. It, it The transfer portal is basically like free agency in the NFL. It, it really is. And I, I will say this. Georgia did get a bit of good news this past week with Cedric Von Prahn coming back. How, how big is this for Georgia? Joe, this is really big. And I don't think it, uh, it gets enough attention. He's sort of, he is the leader of the offensive line. And he's terrific. I, uh, I'm really glad Von Prantz back especially we're going to be breaking in a new quarterback and I think it'll help having center who is uh, who is so experienced and so capable to sort of bolster the offensive line for whoever the new quarterback ends up being but um, you know just a, a little tip for the Falcons when uh, Cedric's does end up leaving Georgia, uh, he should be a top target. I yeah. Mean, he's terrific. Really he, he good. He absolutely is. He absolutely is. And I agree with you. I don't think this gets near enough attention than it should. Getting him back, you could argue of of all the draft eligible guys that left, that he was the one that we could not afford to lose. And yeah. he's back. I agree. I, I think that he's got, uh, there, there was the biggest different, you know, the biggest distance, the largest distance between him and whoever would have come in to replace him. Uh, he's he's a terrific player and whoever we brought in wasn't going to be anything like him. No, 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 no doubt. No doubt. Well, Dad, I really appreciate you coming on the show this week, talking a little Georgia Bulldog basketball, some Atlanta Hawks, and some Georgia football as well. Hope you enjoyed your birthday weekend. And to wrap it up in style by being my guest of the week this week on the pod. Joe, thank you very much for having me. It's always great to be on the show. It's great to have you come home and visit us. We really, really get a kick out of it. So thank you very much. And thank you to all our listeners out there and Fan for All Seasons land. Absolutely. So now, guys, I'm going to tell you about FanForAllSeasons.com. It's our website where you can go. You can check out our merchandise. You can check out our Comfy Colors t-shirts in alternate colors of white and black. Or one of the other features you can check out at the 
merchandise store is our hoodies come in red cardinal and gray check those out and we've also got our long sleeve tees as well so our merchandise store under the at the website under the shop merch tab they'll take care of all your fan for all season swag needs so some other perks of fan for all seasons.com you can listen to all our episodes with this episode will be dropping on monday so you can check that out when this episode will be it will be dropping on monday january 23rd so keep an ear out this drop and so now guys it's time to get one last word from our sponsor and fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by george smoke barbecue authentic original oak smoke barbecue catering you can learn more at smoke.com so for my guy my dad this has been jam and joe and this has been another exciting installment of the fan for all seasons podcast i'll talk to you on thursday see ya go dogs